going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are staying dry. It's been wet on my side of the world. I hope y'all are safe and sound wherever you ought to be. And we are almost, well, I don't know if we're almost there because, you know, you know, coronavirus pandemic, it's been exploding in some other parts of the world. But here in the United States, we got some more good news. Kids ages 12 to 15 are now eligible to get the Pfizer vaccine as we slowly find out ways to kick this pandemic out of the way. However, the main question that remains on everybody's minds is are parents going to be willing to allow their kids to get this shot? Right now, the, from all the surveys that have been done, it's about a 50-50 shot. But regardless, it's good to see that this vaccine can be administered to kids and hopefully we can keep making progress with the vaccines and hopefully the vaccines can continue to be effective against this virus. Because as I noted earlier, India is going through a massive surge right now. And as a matter of fact, they're finding new types of vaccine strains or rather new types of the COVID-19 strain. So we just hope that the vaccines continue to be efficable. Is that a word? Efficable? Or continues to be useful against this virus but you know things are looking on the up and up as far as the vaccine is concerned but we start off this podcast talking about the recovery or supposed recovery remember last week i came on here and i was like yo we about to see this v-shaped recovery well that v is starting to look a whole lot more like a w (laughs) that view is not looking like a v anymore it's looking like it's turning the other way down and looking like a w The jobs report for April was supposed to be closer to 1 million new jobs added. However, only 266,000 jobs were added, which sent everybody in a panic, except for everything in the stock market, which bad news became good news for the stock market, and the stock market went flying up. And unemployment actually went the opposite way of down. Unemployment went from 6% to 6.1%. Axios' Courtney Brown writes, The gain in jobs in April was barely enough to keep up with the population growth, let alone to recover from the pandemic's layoff. Remember, we added about 900,000 jobs in March, and it seemed the economy was back chugging along, but that number was actually revised down to 717,000 jobs. And then it's like, oh, that's still not bad. But the question remains, where did the 200,000 jobs go? Or how did we go from 700,000 jobs to 200,000 jobs? And then on top of it, a report on Wednesday found that there are now more jobs available than ever before with about 8.1 million jobs available for people who want work. And then the answer is there are six possible answers of why the job market is the way it is. Why we have so many open positions, but so little people actually fill in those positions. And the first one is parents, particularly mothers, can't work because of the closures or shortened hours at schools and at daycare. So that's one reason why. The second reason could be would-be workers remain concerned about the health risks. So you people are still scared of this coronavirus pandemic. Number three is stock market has been has been able to allow a lot of older people to retire. So the stock market exploded last year and a lot of people were looking at their retirement fund like, hey, you know what? I can take this year off. I can go ahead and put in my two week notice and then dip out of this labor market because now I'm good. 
And then the other reason, number four, is some younger workers are finding jobs in new fields, which is shrinking the labor market for other industries that they left. So people during the pandemic reskilled up. I heard a story about a guy who during the pandemic learned how to code. And so he stopped being a waiter and he became a coder, which completely changed his entire life. That's actually a very common story. As people went online and they were like, what do I do? What can I do? They found new skills. They found new opportunities for themselves. And they were like, I'm not going back to being a uh what's the word i'm not going back to being a restaurant waiter as a matter of fact some people even just straight up switched industries i mean during this time you have to remember target walmart amazon was doing like full blitz on trying to hire as many people as per as possible so a lot of people were like yo if i'm gonna get paid better for working for target for working for walmart for working for amazon i'd rather do this than go work at the restaurant which was paying me trash and wouldn't even pay me minimum wage anyway and plus with these jobs i get benefits as well so why am i going back to the restaurant why am i going back to all those industries that weren't paying me as well so that's another reason why people may not be going back to their old jobs and then reason number five is many employers need to fill jobs that require skills that a lot of people that are on the sidelines right now do not have the skills for do not are not able to just jump into that position and so a lot of people are waiting and hoping that they can find or a lot of employers are hoping that they can find people who can fill those positions who have those skill sets to just roll into the position and then just take it and start flying with it and then the final reason and this is the one that a lot of people love is that employers believe that enhanced unemployment benefits and other government age are keeping workers on the sideline which is probably true as well when somebody sees like oh you're only gonna pay me 725 and if i take this job i'm not gonna be able to get this unemployment check you know what i'm cool like y'all ain't really paying me to cover most of what the things that i need anyway so I, you know what? i'm gonna just keep getting this check so i can't blame them because at the same time it's kind of like yo you got to do what's best for you and they're taking that decision into your own hands so that's the split that's going on as far as things going on in the politics of it a lot of people are trying to decipher like which which one comes first did the chicken or the egg come first is it the fact that people the unemployment benefits are keeping people on the sideline or is it the fact that a lot of people just can't go back to work because they're mothers that have to take care of their kids or they found new jobs or they just are scared to get back out there because of the coronavirus pandemic or people just retired from the workforce so there's a lot of factors and i think it's not just one or two it's actually i believe all of these factors because for each individual person they have a different reason of why they didn't go back to their old job or of why they didn't decide to go to another kind of job that may not pay them as well so it's a plethora of factors which is why i hate whenever we tend to make things all black and white a lot of times the truth is in the gray the truth is not either this or that a lot of time it's a mix of all of these factors but the point of this is the recovery is not as easy as we expected it to be the recovery is not about to be just a v-shaped we're going to see a lagging it's going to take time for us to get back to where we were in 2019 expect two things to be to expect to be seeing a lot more news about two things one the biden administration pushing for their four trillion dollar plus infrastructure and social spending package and also the republicans pushing back against it heavily saying that we need to cancel all the unemployment checks that we have been spent sending out so that's what's been going on i don't know how this is going to go i don't know how this is going to move forward but i hope that for 
everyone who needs a job you're able to get the job that you're looking for and i hope that during this time period you are able to level up in your position maybe you found a better thing than what you were doing before because i think everybody deserves better than where they were before we should always be going higher if at all possible now moving from there let's talk about energy on thursday last week the largest gas pipeline in the United States was taken out of commission due to a ransomware attack on the pipeline operator Colonial Pipeline. The attack works on two fronts. First, they steal the data from the company system and then they lock down the system and demand some kind of ransom to return the files and release the computer systems. As Colonial Pipeline is the largest pipeline in the United States, it is actually feeds half of the united states after the eastern united states everything from your local gas station to every major airport especially like an airport like hartsville jackson in atlanta which is literally the busiest airport in the united states as a matter of fact speaking of hartsville jackson here in atlanta there are already gas shortages due to the pipeline being shut down american airlines already announced that it's having to change airline routes so it doesn't have to refuel as often so we right now do not need any more supply strength constraints and we'll talk more about why that is important in a second however on a larger scale this is not the first time that we have seen ransomware attacks we have we've talked about it a few times in the past during the pandemic we saw a growing number of these attacks hidden everywhere from small municipal governments to healthcare officials to whole businesses so we've been seeing a lot more of these attacks and it seems to be growing and growing and growing as we go more and more into the future the biden administration sees it as a key challenge moving into the future department of homeland security secretary alejandro moyarkas tell me if i said that name right right called ransomware one of his in quotes most significant priorities right now end quote he is launching an initiative to help critical infrastructure like water power and internet companies better protect against these kinds of attacks so yeah this is just going to this is just like the broad side of the equation or rather the entry point we're going to be seeing more and more and more of these kind of attacks going into the future so hopefully as you know, we've talked about it. The government is not exactly one to have the most updated security systems. Even some of your local power plants and some of your local water places. I don't even know what they call themselves. Like water municipalities, water companies do not have exact, exactly the best infrastructure to be able to like protect themselves so that their system is not completely destroyed once they get hit with some kind of malware or something like that. Now, going back to the supply strain that I was talking about, prices of every single thing has gone up in the last year from commodities like lumber i mean lumber is literally like if you own lumber right now you're rich and i used to work for a lumber mill huh. so sad but if you own lumber right now you're like a rich man because lumber is worth more than diamond to a degree that's a lie but lumber is worth so much the price has shot up exponentially copper and as well as steel which is why your houses have been house prices have just been flying actually that's not the reason why house prices have been flying that's a whole other supply constraint on that side because there's not enough houses on the inventory but then again that goes back to the other thing is lumber is so expensive steel is expensive copper is expensive so even building houses is expensive right now so even moving on from commodities like those to food items like corn soybean baked goods 
fish and meats or even cheese is more expensive right now a lot of this is due to the fact that during the pandemic a lot of supply chains just kind of faltered like they didn't have to have that many people working they didn't need that many people on the job because everybody was at home everybody didn't need that much stuff everybody wasn't driving from a to b everything was just shut down for a while so a lot of supplies strain was i mean a lot of supply chains were completely shut down so when we opened back up and everything started picking back up all of a sudden everything there was this jam log we saw it with the ship that got stuck in egypt we're seeing it again now with the fact that we're seeing hearing about the oil oil pipeline being shut down which means that your gas price is probably going up i don't know if you guys have noticed but they've been going up even prior to the oil uh line being shut down so it's something that we're continually seeing more and more and more of which has invoked the dreaded word that nobody likes to say more often than elon talking about doja on twitter and that word is inflation but papa Powell, the federal reserve chairman and mama yellen treasury secretary both have said that this is just going to be a transient period until we get everything with the supply chain back to normal however the thing is companies love profits so i find it hard to believe that when things go back to normal that these companies are just going to be like you know what we're not going to increase our prices anymore we're just going to keep it the same as a matter of fact before i started recording this podcast the federal reserve released the consumer price index which is used to give us an idea of where inflation is currently and in the last year since april of 2020 inflation uh, prices went up 4.2 percent then again you have to remember last year prices tanked majorly last year as a matter of fact i believe prices last year was about down like four percent or so and so we've basically recovered back in line with where we were last year so it's not that crazy however it was expected that we would only have about a three three point six percent inflation so of course the entire world is panicking that inflation is here and we're never going to see the end of it and everything you know you know how people are everybody freaks out because of one little piece of small news don't freak out my my note to everybody that's listening to me please don't freak out and start selling out your stocks your hedge against inflation is actually investing so don't sell out of your stocks don't sell out of your investment but we'll just have to wait and see what happens as we move into the future will the fed finally stop doing their easy money policy please fed stop buying bonds please just just stop your 80 billion dollar bond buying like it's okay the market is fine i don't think there there's no amount of you buying more and more and more bonds that's going to put people at work that's not what's going to do it at this point but anyway but anyway i just anyway now for the last few extras we still haven't gotten our tubman 20s but we do have maya angelou that's going to be on a quarter on the face of the 25 cents quarter in the united states starting in january the u.s mint will mint quarters with the face of maya angelou on the tail side of the quarter george washington will remain on the front also they will run a mint of sally ride who was the first woman in space so that's pretty good news i like seeing women representation on our dollar bills which then again who uses money anymore Mm. yeah so there's that too but moving on from there So if I asked y'all, what do you think the average prices of houses in Brooklyn, houses and apartments in Brooklyn are? What would you say? How much do you think that the average house costs or just the median price of a house in Brooklyn? What do you think? Like 200, 300, 400, 500? Well, recently, two mayor candidates in Brooklyn 
were asked this simple question. Like, how much do you think the average prices of a house in Brooklyn is? And one of them said, oh, it should be around eighty to ninety thousand dollars. Eighty to eighty to ninety. What? What? What Brooklyn does this guy live in? Like, what? 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 And then the, the thing that annoyed me about the answer was not his answer, because I was like, okay, fine. He's an executive for Citibank. He's been making money. He's been completely removed from the regular people and just doesn't know what prices are anymore. Fine, fine, fine. The other guy, the other mayor candidate, Sean Donovan, I'm going to call out his name because he should know better. He is the former housing and urban development secretary. In other words, he is the guy that's supposed to be knowing like housing prices. But no, they asked him the same question and my guy came back with $100,000. A hundred... A hundred thousand dollars? Where does these people live? And that's my problem with this whole thing. There is such a major disconnect between what regular people are actually going through and what these people that we're electing to be our government are going through. They don't see the world in the same way that we see it. And the answer to the question is actually nine hundred thousand. Nine hundred thousand. So the fact is, they don't even know what prices are. Like, they don't even know what regular people are going through. They don't understand any of the stuff that regular people are saying like, yo, I struggle with these things on a daily basis. I can't put food on my table on a daily basis. They don't understand that. It doesn't even confound them. It doesn't even like register on any of their meters. Why? Because that's not what the lifestyle that they live in, which is why we have a situation where it feels like a lot of the rules and a lot of the benefits are for the 1% of the population. Why? Because a lot of the people that we elect to be in those positions are from the 1%. That's just how it is, unfortunately. So they have no idea what it's like to live on a day-to-day budget or what it's like to just live on some kind of income that isn't extraordinarily out of the atmosphere where they don't even have to know what's going on with the prices around them. Ah, it just bothered me when I read that and I was just like, ah, how do you not know? And you're running for mayor in this city. How do you not know the things that are plaguing the people that are living in that city? How do you not know? How do you not know? But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did share this podcast with somebody that you love, share it with somebody that you hate and share it with somebody that you're just kind of like, eh about and by that time you'd have shared with everybody that you know and if you have some extra time leave a review on this podcast if you're especially if you're listening to this podcast on itunes leave a review on there or any of the other podcast listening platforms that you may be on please leave a review for your boy but anyway it's been your boy kalichi remember generosity is always greater than greed god bless each and every single one of y'all and i'm out peace